sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week right here, right now, begins on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. In what a week it is going to be. The NFL draft is now just three days away out in Las Vegas. It's draft week here on TMA, and the markets even for one of one, the number one overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars are starting to move considerably. Of course, the MLB season continues to grind on in the NBA playoffs out in full force. Opening round series across the association almost coming to a close in certain spots, but in one spot, we move forward throughout this NBA postseason. And we do that in this opening hour with the help of Donnie Wrightside, DRS, Donnie Seymour, one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time alongside Kevin Walsh. DRS is here with us for the first few segments of this opening hour of TMA on a Monday where the NBA postseason DRS is the focus. Thank you for joining us once again. Yes, love it here. Big week on the grid, draft this week, NBA playoffs, baseball. What could be better, Ben? What could be better? I can't think of much. Nothing. The end of April, DRS, continues to be filled with sports all across the landscape. And one of the series that we had in the first round, with the number one overall seed in the Western Conference, the NBA title favorites entering the playoffs, certainly the short favorites to win the West, the Phoenix Suns being that number one overall seed. Donnie, we expected this series against the Pels to be over rather quickly, especially after game number one. Phoenix was a minus 3,500 series favorite on that outright price. Now, after game four last night in the Big Easy, we're tied at two games apiece. New Orleans winning at home by 15 last night, 118-103 over the Phoenix Suns, winning outright as a two-point underdog. They have covered 12 times as a home dog this year, DRS, nine of them coming by the way of an outright victory. Only four points last night, Donnie, for Chris Paul, who failed to really take on a lion's share of that load left by Devin Booker in game number four, but Brandon Ingram on the other side, his third straight game with 30 or more points for New Orleans and DRS. Again, the big story here. We're even at two, and this series seems like it could go to the distance. Yeah, the volatility of the NBA playoffs, right? We're expecting like a game where, or a series between like the Boston Celtics and the Nets to go seven. And then we say to ourselves, ah, why do you have a one versus an eight, Ben? This is ridiculous. Just hurry up, Suns, win this in four or five, and we can move on. That looks like we are careening towards a seven-game series, and rightfully so because the Pelicans, and as we always say with an underdog team, Give them a little bit of life out here. Injury pops up to Booker. They win a couple games. Now they're feeling themselves like they can win in this best of two of three now with the Phoenix Suns. They were impressive last night, and rightfully so. Double-digit win. Maybe they can steal one in Phoenix, and my, oh, my. Phoenix would be Ooh. on the ropes after that one. 30 points for B.I. last night. He had 37 in the Game 2 victory in Phoenix, even 34 in Game number 3 on Friday in that loss to the Phoenix Suns. The total last night of 215 and a hook goes over the third straight game in this series to go over a total. And Phoenix right now still a favorite in the series price outright at minus 250, but we expect this to go a little bit longer than we first had the expectation for. We all await the status 
of Devin Booker for game number five in Phoenix, where the Suns right now on FanDuel, a six and a half point home favorite. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the opening day of this new week here on the morning after on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens alongside Donnie Wrightside looking back on the weekend that was in the NBA playoffs. So New Orleans and Phoenix tied at two games apiece. Golden State going for the sweep yesterday in game number four out altitude in Denver, Colorado. But the Nuggets have their last stand. They win that game 126-121 over the Dubs yesterday outright as a four and a half point home underdog DRS. Denver has not been booked as a home dog a ton this year, just three and six against the number now, but a total of 224 goes over all four games in this series, Donnie, have gone over. The Nuggets avoid a sweep, but I'm not sure they're here for long. No, I don't think they'll be here for long either, but also this says something a little bit about the Denver Nuggets and their M.O. and Nikola Jokic saying, I'm the MVP of this Mm. league. We're not going out with a sweep here with one last stand, rightfully so, but also let's keep in mind, we're still scored 121 points here. Splash Brothers both went over yep. the 30-point marker, and the Denver Nuggets still won. So it's one of those where you could lay your hat on that instead of saying, hey, you know what? We got lucky with Steph only had 19 points, or, you know, Clay only had 14 points. They both played extremely well, and the Nuggets still won. So maybe something to hang your hat on. Steal another game. See if you can get that back in San Francisco and push it back to the Denver Nuggets. We'll see if it happens. I don't expect it to, Ben, but nice to see the Nuggets right. rise up at home and take a W. Hard to sweep a team, especially on their own home floor. But I agree with Donnie's point right there. The Golden State Warriors are honestly pretty impressive yesterday. Steph, 33 points off the bench once again in 37 minutes. Klay Thompson, 32 points, 7 of 11 from deep. Nikola Jokic, 37 points. And Monte Morris adding in that contribution as well. 24 points, 5 of 7 from 3 for the Nugs yesterday. Golden State still a minus 10,000 favorite in this series price in Golden State now the favorites in the Western Conference we saw that change at the top of the odds board late last week DRS now plus 135 is Golden State nearly a dollar and a half in front of the Phoenix Suns who are plus 280 as the favorites is Golden State to win the Western Conference right now Phoenix in a series tied at two games Golden State heads back home with an opportunity for the gentleman's sweep we continue looking around the postseason in the NBA up next here on the morning after on sports sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Blowout bonanzas in the Eastern Conference playoffs yesterday on a Sunday. We recap it right now on a Monday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Spiz Grizz Network alongside Donnie Wrightside for the first couple of segments of this opening hour of a Monday TMA. I am Ben Stevens. Donnie, I'm not sure what it is, but the Milwaukee Bucks love the city of Chicago. They walk into the United Center for a second straight game and win by 20 or more points. In fact, their average margin of victory in games three and four in Chicago against the Bulls, 27 points per game. Yesterday, a 24-point victory 
119.95 against the Bulls. Easily covering yesterday, DRS, as a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. They covered as a road favorite in game number three on Friday night. The Milwaukee Bucks, when booked as a road favorite, one of the best in the entire league this year, 20-9 against the number. The Chicago Bulls, when booked as a home underdog, well, not one of the best. In fact, one of the worst, 4 and 10 against the spread. Milwaukee now, DRS, a 3-1 series lead over the Bulls and a series that seems all but over as well. Yeah, it seems like it does here. And also, let's keep in mind and rewind it back. Game one, Milwaukee was in this. Excuse me, the Chicago Bulls were right in it in Milwaukee right yep. to the end, then lost. They steal game two. Middleton, who's a legitimate starter, an all-star level player, goes down for an injury, mm -hmm. and you head back to Chicago. So what's the worst-case scenario here for the Bulls? Hey, we're just going to split at home. We'll force game five, and it'll be two to two, and it'll be a best of three at that point here. Not the case. I mean, you want to talk about a team with championship pedigree like we saw from the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah, all-star down. No worries here. We're going to blow you out in both games before we head back to Milwaukee. And this is the one thing that we talk about a lot with the Milwaukee Bucks. Typically, you see teams like the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, you got the big two or the big three and nothing else. This team has a very good starting lineup and a deep and capable bench. And you saw that yesterday. When you need players to step up, Grayson Allen, 10 of 12 from the field, including 6 of 7 from three-point range for 27 points. They clean the Bulls' clocks, and I can't imagine this one, Ben, going more than five games now at this point. Who needs the all-star and the gold medalist in Chris Middleton when you have the tripping lord himself in Grayson uh, Allen? As DRS mentioned, 27 points, 6 of 7 from deep. He had 22 in the 30-point Game 3 victory over the Bulls in Chicago on Friday night as well. A combined 49-point effort from Grayson Allen in two games in Chicago. Milwaukee heads back to the Pfizer form in game number five as a minus 10,000 series favorite to beat the mm. Bulls. That is what Milwaukee has right now. Giannis also pretty good yesterday, 32 points, 17 rebounds. He has had 16 or more boards in three of the four games. And Donnie, all three games here since game number one have hit the under and the totals have continued to drop yesterday the lowest 219 and a half and it stays under for a third straight game so Milwaukee is that three seed in the Eastern Conference they entered the Eastern Conference playoffs as the favorites to win the conference crown not the case anymore why well because of what Boston is doing to Brooklyn we'll preview that game in a little bit as well and what Miami is doing to the Atlanta Hawks the Hawks won game three storming back to make it a 2-1 series. And then Miami said, enough of that Atlanta. A 110-86 victory over the Hawks yesterday in Hotlanta, where it is hot for Miami. Covering as a four-and-a-half-point road favorite yesterday. Excuse me, a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. The spread was even shorter. They've been a favorite in every game. Miami covering in every win. DRS, all four totals have stayed around the 220-221 mark in all four have gone under and when Trey Young only scores nine points the second time in this series in single digits Atlanta has no chance of winning that game Jimmy Butler gives you 36 on the other side and the Heat win by 24 points 
It was such an impressive game because now you're seeing the frustration here also from Trey Young going, hey, basically, what do you guys want me to do? I can't get to the paint. I'm sh- shooting from the logo here. I went 3 of 10 from three-point range. I actually only shot 11 times in this game, and we weren't even close. And it's one of those where you say, okay, Trey Young is probably going to have to have a crazy performance just in order for the Atlanta Hawks yeah. to hang around in the game. And quite frankly, if they want to win, he's going to have to go for 35-plus points, and he knows that. When you take a look at the Miami Heat, the same way that we take a look at the Milwaukee Bucks, starting line of very good, bench extremely deep, and also one of the better head coaches in the NBA. If you're going to look at a game where the Miami Heat were on the road and they win 110-86, to 86, and you say, okay, who had the big game? Well, Jimmy Butler, as expected there, maybe uh, Bam Adebayo, but certainly off the bench. We know at least one, if not both, of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson went crazy. They combined, Ben, for six total points in this game on yeah. the road, and they still roughly won by 25 points. This Heat basketball team is really good. Really, really good. And no Kyle Lowry yesterday, but all five Miami yep. starters yep. score in double figures. So now a 3-1 series lead as the Heat head back to South Beach. And you saw some of those series prices. Miami a minus 4,500 series favorite. If you want to lay the game and a half with the Heat right now in the series spread, DRS... Yeah. Look at that juice, minus 10.50. So the Heat now, the second best price in the Eastern Conference odds board, plus 2.20. The favorites remain the Boston Celtics at plus 190. The Seas with a chance for a four-game series sweep in Brooklyn tonight against the Nets. And Milwaukee, I think, has some value at plus 300. There are the Sixers as well, DRS. And Philly, a a 7.5-point home favorite tonight against the Raptors, looking for the series victory. A 3-1 series lead for Philadelphia. Toronto avoiding the sweep in game four on Saturday. Now Philly gets their chance to end this series. And by the odds, DRS, maybe they don't cover tonight, but at least this series should be over in five. Yes, and I do believe the Sixers will win and cover, win and get a cover tonight. But that's also going to depend mm. on some things here. Number one is how Joel Embiid is actually going to respond back to not playing so well in his last game and the unveiling of, I have a shooting thumb injury that's going to require surgery in the offseason. That's never a good thing. But if you're going to come into Philadelphia where the Sixers played so well, Ben, in games one and two, and that was with a somewhat right. healthy Fred Van Fleet on the court. If he's not going to be able to go tonight or is somewhat hampered, I can't imagine the Toronto Raptors coming into Philadelphia tonight and pulling out a victory much less covering the seven and a half at this point this is why we get to wait and see why at the FanDuel Sportsbook you can bet these games live because if Van Vliet does start that line is going to get bumped from that seven and a half probably down a little bit lower but also keep in mind if you watch Fred Van Vliet and he's like hey I can give you 10 15 20 minutes tonight but I can't move laterally all that well then you're going to know to try to bet this game live in game with a Sixers angle towards it but from a Sixers point of view forget about the spread the Sixers should win this game and win it fairly comfortably tonight for me Ben I think so as well. A seven and a half point spread matches the largest spread of this series that came back in game number two. A game Philly won 112 to 97, easily covering as a three and a half point favorite. Philly has been booked as a favorite in every game. They have covered in their three victories so far in this series. Pascal Siakam, 34 points, eight boards in that game four win for Toronto on Saturday, his points prop tonight, 23 and a half. James Harden matched his series high with 22 points in game number four. His points prop tonight is 21 and a hook. And this is the lowest total we have seen of the series so far. Now in game number five at 210 for an over under. It's been steadily dropping in where it's been booked, DRS. About two points per average per game. It's been lessening in that over under for Philly and Toronto. It's also game number five 
in Dallas tonight. A series tied at two games apiece, and the Mavericks a three-point home favorite. Luka Doncic back in the fold. And this will be the first game, DRS, the Mavs booked as a favorite so far, now in the fifth game of this series against Utah. Yeah, maybe no pressure now on the Jazz since Doncic is back. And you can say, well, now we can't win this series anyway. And sometimes you play a little bit better, a little bit more uninhibited, saying maybe we can take it down here where the pressure is off our side because there was a lot more pressure for me, Ben, on the Jazz when Luka Doncic was mm. out because they're expected to win in four games and it seems like they're struggling. I think the Jazz come up with a nice little honest effort tonight, maybe banked on here by Donovan Mitchell. Utah only been an underdog eight times this year, two, five, and one against the spread. Spida not his most efficient series so far, but you can see in the points prop, 28 and a half. A lot will be expected from a scoring output from Donovan Mitchell if Utah is to cover as an underdog or at least win outright potentially. It's NFL Draft Week. We focus on the details of that. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com you can hear the nfl draft music starting to grow louder and louder it is NFL Draft Week here on the grid and on a Monday on the morning after. I am Ben Stevens, and he is Donnie Wrightside. With my number one overall pick, we go with DRS to give you that draft insight, to look at where the markets are moving and where you can find some value for the upcoming 2022 NFL Draft in Las Vegas. It begins on Thursday evening out in the desert, and for the second straight year, the Jacksonville Jaguars are selecting number one overall. Let's look at the top 10 here briefly, because as you will see, a couple of teams are selecting twice in that top 10. There's eight teams in total in the first round that have multiple draft selections. So Jacksonville at one, Detroit at two, Houston three, the New York Jets at four and at number 10 as well. The Giants at five and at number seven, number six, the Carolina Panthers, the Falcons, eight, the Seahawks, courtesy of that trade with the Broncos at number nine. And then again, the Jets round out the top 10. And Donnie, as we look at number one on draft week, as it officially begins, just three days out from the first round and Roger Goodell calling out the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. We have had a change in the odds board. The market has been moving constantly over the past two weeks. And on this Monday morning, Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out of Georgia, is now the odds-on minus money favorite to go one of one, number one overall to Jacksonville at minus 170. The edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, now the second shortest price at plus 150. Almost a complete role reversal here, DRS, from an odds perspective where Aiden Hutchinson late last week was minus 170 to go number one overall, and Trayvon Walker was about plus 165 but Trent Balky, the GM for Jacksonville has expressed his interest in Trayvon Walker the edge rusher out of Georgia and now where there is smoke there seems to be fire and a complete flip in the odds board as well 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like last year, right? We didn't really expect any flips coming out here because we knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be number one overall to Jacksonville. Now we're seeing that there's a couple guys that could be equal to that number one pick. But this is kind of interesting to me because usually where there's smoke, there's fire, Ben. If you take a look at the odds mm. pricing here all along, it was pretty clear that Aiden Hutchinson was the number one overall pick and who else was going to be next. But now you're seeing Trayvon Walker. And quite frankly, he was a $1.50 price when we started the early line. And once we got that done, now we sit at a one seventy price. So is there something to that movement? Because teams talk, general managers talk, beat writers get information, national beat writers guys relay that on. But I have to tell you, is this more from a Jacksonville-centric pick, or is this that, hey, Jacksonville's getting a lot of heat from a few teams trying to get to that one spot to take Trayvon Walker? Because quite frankly, how do you go full four months by saying, hey, our number one overall pick is going to be Aiden Hutchinson to a few hours before the draft? Say, yeah, you know what? We don't like this guy. We're not taking him number one. So that's some pretty added intrigue here for Thursday night for me, Ben. And I think I just locked in my favorite pick of the entire NFL draft and my best bet, Aiden Hutchinson at even money, plus 100 to go number two overall to Detroit. Obviously, the ties to the Motor City coming out of Michigan and everything that Hutch has done there with his family. But when you think about that selection, Donnie, if Aiden Hutchinson is available at number two overall to Detroit, he is going number two overall to Detroit. And it's still even money, much more plus money late last week. And there was a time, DRS, where, as you see here, Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson were not only the two betting favorites to go number one, they were the two betting favorites to go number two. Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon, now the second best price to go number two overall to Detroit at plus 200. But as we will see here in the odds, the edge rushers are going to go early and often, we expect, in this 2022 NFL draft. Some of these prices are from yesterday, but Aiden Hutchinson, minus 3,000 to be a top three pick. Yeah. I still expect that to be a pretty substantial minus money price, even with the change at number one. Trayvon Walker was minus 700. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau will be the interesting component here at plus 115 because DRS, I do not expect the Houston Texans to draft number who draft number three overall to take an edge rusher or a defensive lineman. I think it's between an O lineman, either Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu, as you see right there, or maybe the man known as Ahmad Gardner, otherwise called Sauce, the cornerback out of Cincinnati, who has grown with a lot of steam to potentially be a top five or top three pick. That's a lot of plus money at plus 230 on Sauce Gardner. No, there is. And you know what the inter interesting part about this also is because you're hearing a lot of names that could go places. Usually we have a slate like, oh, you know, this draft really starts at number four because we know who the top three guys are. So it adds some intrigue, but also keep in mind a lot of rumors coming out here from the top five. A lot of the top five teams looking to trade out, but not a lot of takers to try to get into the top five here. So it's just a matter of who is going to be on your board because typically you mm. want to be in a power position. Number one, number two, number three. You want teams kind constantly burning up your phone line because if you have a guy that you feel is like, hey, you know what? If I draft at number two or number three, I think I can get this guy at five or six. You want to trade back, you could pick up an extra second-round pick, an extra third-round pick, and yep. still get your guy. So I want to see how interesting it gets here because there's going to be a lot of movers and shakers, much of the way we talk about you know odds or awards throughout the season where you have beginning of the season, middle of the season, end of the season. Now's the time where you're going to hear a lot of conjecture coming up on who's going one, two, three, or four, and that's going to trade with who's behind them to try to come up and get right. some of those players here he can never go wrong with a dominant cornerback and sauce Gardner certainly should be one of those in the nfl ben 
Donnie is bringing up fantastic points. Now that we are officially in draft week, you need to follow the steam, but you need to make sure yeah. it's credible. And he said this at the very beginning of this segment. When the odds start to move and the market starts to shift, that's some pretty smart money being involved in this situation. That should back up some of the reports that you might be reading from your favorite beat writer for your favorite franchise. When the odds move, follow those prices because they could have a certain backing and credibility to what you are reading. And now that we are officially in draft week, it won't only be the conversations between teams trying to trade up to get a pick they like for a prospect they are in love with, but notice some of the others that are still currently in the NFL. A guy like Baker Mayfield or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been very, very quiet this offseason after being one of the biggest quarterback targets early on as we ended last year in the National Football League. And I think that has to affect our next market at play DRS because it is widely known this quarterback class is not the strongest we have seen. Of course, last year in 2021, three quarterbacks off the board with the first three picks of the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. That is not going to be the case. In fact, edge rushers more so the focus this time around. But at number six, the Carolina Panthers, probably the team most likely to take a quarterback when we could see a QB first off the board. And the odds follow that as well. A short minus money favorite, but still in minus money for the Panthers to be a team to select a quarterback with their first overall selection or their first draft pick in the 2022 NFL draft at minus 105. You can see there the Steelers are certainly going to be interested in a quarterback. New Orleans will be interested in a quarterback at plus 145. Might the Seahawks look to their QB of the future at number nine, plus 230, the price on Seattle. Atlanta at number eight. Is Marcus Mariota the future under Arthur Smith? I'm not so sure, but will the Falcons pull trigger? They did not last year, having the number four overall pick. Instead, taking the tight end, Kyle Pitts, out of Florida. They are five to one. But DRS, when you look at the quarterback conversation in this 2022 NFL draft, it seems to me at number six, Carolina is the first realistic destination for a quarterback to land. That's why they're minus money. But who do you think that quarterback is going to be? Yeah, I'll tell you what's kind of interesting, too, is the Carolina and everybody's smokescreening now. Like, hey, Sam Darnold's our starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah we get it. Okay, yeah. we'll see what happens here. But also, keep in mind, like, you draft in the top 10 for a reason. Your team's not very good, and typically you're not very good because your quarterback isn't very good. And how many times in the past have we seen the NFL overdraft quarterbacks and see that market actually heat up? It's one of the few times, Ben, I can remember where the market started out like, ooh, do you see Malik Willis? Did you see Kenny Pickett's pro days? And usually the market picks up steam and goes all the way through to draft night where these guys get overdrafted. But now we're seeing a little quietness in the air where it's like, hey, we don't really know if these guys are actually first-round grades, and do we want to overswing talking about a number six overall to Carolina where they would take Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett? feels more likely that these guys are going to settle in in that teens area where the Pittsburgh Steelers say, okay, if one of these two quarterbacks falls to us, you know, we're still going to get value on this because you don't have to use any draft capital to move up. And if one of these guys busts out at 20, let's per se, then bust out at number yeah. three overall, you can sort of live with that and recover. But I got to tell you, for a quarterback market that we usually overcompensate for, it's getting real light out here. Malik Willis minus 140, Kenny Pickett plus 150 to be the top quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see even where they land if it's number six, if any of them goes there to the Carolina Panthers. DRS, you must correlate the markets, my friend. As you know, Malik Willis is the minus money favorite to be the first quarterback off the board. Minus 140, as Donnie just laid out. Kenny Pickett, the second best price at plus 150. But then you look at Carolina at number six and the odds to be the number six overall pick in this draft. 
and Kenny Pickett is the favorite at plus 175. $2.25 ahead of Malik Willis, who has the second best price at 4-1. to one. Hmm. Very, very interesting mm. there. And it doesn't seem that Detroit at number two is even paying Malik Willis any mind. Could we see a trade? Could the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are in love with Malik Willis by all indications, make a big move up the board? Pittsburgh currently drafting number 20 overall. Plenty of quarterback conversation to go around. And as Donnie laid out, not the strongest class ever. That's why the over-under for total QBs selected in the first round is at three and a half. And the juice is substantially on the under. It's probably going to be Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and then Matt Corral later on in the first round. Could, could a guy like Desmond Ritter or maybe Sam Howell push that to an over to cash plus money? I'm not entirely sure. But Donnie will be here all week on the early line yeah. and the money line getting you set for all the value for the 2022 NFL Draft. He helped us do that in this opening hour and went around the association as well. DRS, as always, we appreciate your time on a Monday morning. Thanks, appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, and certainly we'll do it again. Oh, we will do it again. Three days out from the NFL Draft, but tonight, Boston looks for a sweep in Brooklyn. George Collection joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Will the brooms be broken out? Tonight in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center for the Boston Celtics. Up three games to none in their opening round series against the Brooklyn Nets. We break that down right now. Might we be sweeping tonight in Barclays? Well, George Belecci will let us know. I am Ben Stevens. This is the morning after on a Monday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. George is back. He has been our Boston breakdown-er, of course, throughout this NBA regular season and into the NBA postseason. Now, of course, George Belecci working with Nesson and doing so splendidly and always looking great, even on a Monday morning right here on the grid. Georgia, game number four tonight in Brooklyn. You excited? I'm very excited. I'm also astonished that I'm expecting a sweep to happen tonight, and I'm also expecting it to happen by taking Celtics plus one and a half as well. If you went back to when this series began, I've heard – I think Nets with an easy six, and I thought those people were insane. I heard Celtics in an easy six. I thought those people were insane. Now Celtics in an easy four seems very plausible, Ben. I can't wait to break it down with you, my friend. I think it's starting to look very, very possible. And, George, we expected this series, and we've had some great games, don't get me wrong, but we expected this series to be the most competitive. Now Boston, the only team remaining in the NBA playoffs, with an opportunity for a four-game sweep over the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's still favored, just barely, by a point and a half tonight at home. The Brooklyn Nets, as a home favorite this year, yeah, 528-1 against the number. That's a cover percentage of about 15%. That's terrible. Boston won outright as a three-and-a-half-point underdog in game number three. You already said you like Boston plus a point-and-a-half tonight, George, but why? This defense just absolutely soul-snatching against the Celtics mm. and just absolutely demoralizing against her two best players. Kevin Durant, you can say what you want about his legs. What I've heard and you've seen on Twitter is people saying that 
He's a no-show? No. The Celtics' defense is that good. This can be a historic defense if they ride them throughout the playoffs. But what they're doing right now to Kevin Durant is unheard of. This is the worst three-game stretch of his career. This is a guy that is playing 42 minutes per game in the postseason, coming off a sprained MCL, and in those 19 games since, he was averaging 32 points per game and around 36, 37 minutes a night. It's caught up to him. And what I was waiting to see with this Celtics defense, as we've seen what they've done over their strong finish to the regular season, was, okay, you get into a seven-game series against an opponent, and they can scout you. They can make adjustments game per game. Steve Nash has not provided any of that. What the Celtics defense is doing so well is they have five guys that could all switch. And in three different possessions, Kevin Durant can see three different types of defenders, all that are super physical with him. He said after the last game that he's thinking too much. He's overthinking. When you have yeah. the best score in the NBA, I'll still say it. He is still the best score in the NBA. I don't care about these three-game stretch because I don't think he's 100%. Mm -hmm. and it's fair to say that when you have him saying that, that he's overthinking, that the fact that you're making this guy where his life has been basketball and over his 15 year NBA career has hit some of the toughest shots has been one of the best killers in all the game to say that that shows how legit this defense is. And it's credit to Jason Tatum because he's making that ascension. He's been a superstar since January in the league. He's been the team's number one option on offense and he's emerged now to take on the number one assignment on defense when it comes to a forward. And when you have Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown to play off of that, that makes all the difference in the world as well. Because like I said, they had the two talented wings. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart have a defensive rating of 107 in the regular season. Jay Jason Tatum's was better than theirs in the regular season. But he's taken this assignment of being a primary defender on Kevin Durant and ran with it. Only allowed two field goals when he's a primary defender, only 10 points. He's just been putting on a clinic. So that's why I like the sweep tonight. Because the Nets haven't had made any adjustments. You go back to the last game. And the body language of him, you see what Kyrie Irving is saying after the game of saying, eh, we haven't had time to gel when it's clearly his fault. They haven't had time to gel. <laughs> and even for Steve Nash going with Kyrie on the Ramadan and for Kevin Durant, how tired he is. It's the white flag. That's what I've seen being waved in Brooklyn by the Nets. The white flag has been waved after game three. And you go into game four, all the momentum, the confidence is on the Celtics side. To think that the preseason favorites, in short preseason favorites, to win an NBA championship and an Eastern Conference crown might be swept in their opening round of the postseason, that would be something in Brooklyn tonight inside the Barclays Center. For game number four, we also know Ben Simmons has now been ruled out with more back aggravation and frustration on behalf of his Brooklyn Nets organization. You saw some of the stats there on Jason Tatum a game high 39 points in game number three for Boston's victory winning outright as a three and a half point underdog you mentioned the ascension George to where he is now both offensively and defensively in your opinion how did Jason Tatum elevate his game to this point for him it's been where he's the next Kawhi Leonard I would say where he is one of the best defensive forwards especially at the wing spot He'll take on the number one assignment, shut a guy down, but he's Kawhi Leonard with a deeper bag. Now, Kawhi, when he's healthy and at his prime, is still a guy that can just get to the mid-range, rise up. He's so strong, no one can stop him. But Jason Tatum's doing the same thing. And I noticed before the season, when you're seeing those pictures, you know, of players, of athletes working out on Instagram, of them posting photos, you saw a literal growth in his size. He just got bigger. He's gotten more physical. And I think with that came the confidence. His bag has always been there. His three-point shot has gotten better. His decisiveness, his playmaking ability as well. 
But now when you put together a defensive stretch like he has, especially playing off the teammates that he has, he's in the perfect fit, in the perfect system, and he's taken over as the number one option for the Celtics. It used to be 1A, 1B, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Now it's 1 and 2. Jason Tatum as a 1, Jalen Brown as a 2. This team knows the roles. And for Jason Tatum as well, he's not forcing shots anymore. He's not forcing anything. If something isn't there, he gives the ball up, knows he'll get it back. It just goes with the decisiveness that the Celtics play with, the unselfishness that they play with Mm. as well, and the team basketball and chemistry they have. It's made Jason Tatum flourish, and now it's making this entire team flourish. And it's making him show up as he can be the best player on a championship team. And I was thinking this last night, Ben. If you went into the Barclays Center in Game 3, you never saw an NBA game before. You know basketball, but you don't know the NBA at all. Who would be the best player on the floor when you'd walk away from that game? It would be Jason Tatum. He's been doing that night in and night out over the last few months of the season. He's doing it in the playoffs. He's the best player in the series. The Celtics will go as far as he goes in the playoffs. But as a team, with that defense that backs it all up, for him playing on both ends of the floor, shutting down Kevin Durant, shutting him down, making him non-existent to his teammates, frustrating the heck out of him. And then, oh, by the way, dropping 39 points on the other end. This is a superstar in the making and a superstar for a long time in the league. Just 24 years old, by the way, my friend. Ooh, George Balecci from Nesson, also a superstar, helping us preview game number four tonight inside the Barclays Center. The Brooklyn Nets, a one-and-a-half-point favorite trying to avoid a sweep on their own home floor. Jason Tatum, a game-high 39 points in game number three. He has scored 30-plus in two of the three so far for the Celtics in this series against the Nets. George has a great nose for plus money. Do you expect more big performances from Jason Tatum and the other Jay and Jalen Brown tonight for Boston? Vegas, Vegas got caught up to me. So I like how you have this performance doubles here coming up because that's what I was looking at. Like Celtics plus one and a half, that's minus money. Tatum over under, yeah. I saw him at 31 and a half points on some books. I would take the over on that. That would be my max. But if you want to couple it with this, Ben, like you said, I love plus money. I would go Boston to win and Jason Tatum 30 or more points. And I would go Jalen Brown 25 or more points. I would stay away, stay mm. away from T- uh, Brown on the assists. Tatum can also get that six-plus assist, but it all varies where you want to go. Also, I saw Jalen Brown, two-and-a-half threes. The over on that, some more plus money. He's hit one three in game one, two threes in game two, one three in game three. But what we've seen with how he closed out the regular season, he was averaging just under three threes made per game. This is a do-or-die game for the Celtics. They can make a statement. Their foot is on the Nets' throat. I expect Jason Tatum to have an absurd performance. He's going to have that superstar night. Maybe Kevin Durant matches it, and that's fine, but there's not enough around him to make it happen. You even go back to game three. Yeah, on the scoreboard, it was a two-possession finish. There's a garbage time three in there by the Nets, but it felt like a 15-20 point win by Boston because they have just dominated the series. I like Jason Tatum over 31 and a half points. I like Jason Tatum finishing with more than six assists. End of the day, the Nets cannot defend. And when Jason Tatum can get whatever he wants on the offensive end, and when I say when this ball movement is so important for this team, it's nothing new to them. Let guys like Peyton Pritchard to keep stepping up because their role players have traveled to Brooklyn. I thought their defense would travel and the scoring went from those guys, but it has. So take Tatum on those over six assists if you can get him there. Even six and a half, I would take a Tatum over on assists as well. And for Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown, two and a half threes, take the over on that as well. He's a great shooter. He's a great beginner for this offense. 
And he's been a great closer in the fourth quarter as well. Right now, Jason Tatum's assist prop is at five and a half. The over heavily juiced at minus 142. You saw the six plus assists in a Boston win with some good plus money. Jason Tatum at least six times in every game so far in this series. Six in game three, ten in game two, eight in game number one. Not just scoring, but facilitating this offense for the Boston Celtics. So tonight on the money line, Boston plus 102. You can think of that as the exact score market for the Celtics to sweep the Brooklyn Nets. If it goes to five, still very short odds, plus 160 for Boston to have the gentleman sweep back on their own home floor inside TD Garden in just a few nights. But George, let's go big picture here as we round out this segment. The Celtics are now the favorites, not just in this opening round series against Brooklyn, of course, but in the Eastern Conference at plus 190, 30 cents ahead of the Miami Heat, over a dollar in front, of the where the Milwaukee Bucks are on this Monday morning. Do you think Boston is worthy of that favored price in the Eastern Conference? And how do they capitalize on that number the rest of the way? 100% they are worthy of that. Because look at how good this defense has been. Look at how good Jason Tatum is playing. And on top of that, they're only getting healthier. Robert Williams came back. He didn't have a crazy stat night. But his influence on the defensive end was seen where there were floaters the Nets have taken in the first two games. They were not attempting with Time Lord on the floor. They're the healthiest team in the East because Chris Middleton with a sprained MCL, that's tough. Second best shooter, veteran leader, one of their best defenders. Yes, they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's a defensive player of the year. And they still are a team that moves the ball well and has good shooters around him. But Chris Middleton's loss in the playoffs especially cannot be underscored. While the Miami Heat... Kyle Lowry, what's his health going to be there? Now, the Heat are like a lesser Celtics. They can guard you one through five. Victor Oladipo stepped in in his absence. We've seen him bring the ball up. You see how the East is laying out. And also for the Celtics, it's going to be a tough test. They'll get Mike Budenholzer in the next round, likely. They'll get Eric Spolstra down the road in Eastern Conference Finals, potentially. So there's not going to be Steve Nash opposite of Ime Udoka again. But the Celtics... When it comes to their health, when it comes to their elite, elite, elite defense, I can't say it enough. And when it comes to them having the best player in the playoffs right now in Jason Tatum, mm. at plus 190, I would definitely take that for them to win the East. Even go over to the West with Devin Booker and that lingering hamstring, the Warriors are looking a lot better. Steph Curry's looking like his normal self. I mean, I told you before the playoffs, man, this ceiling for this team is the Eastern Conference Finals. The ceiling for this team right now is NBA champions. I think you are on to something there, George. You have been all over Boston in the second half of the season and their lead into the playoffs, and you've provided us with tons of plus money here on the morning after. The Boston Celtics, now the second best price to win that NBA championship, as George mentioned, at plus 460. George Belecci of Nesson, as always, a beautifully well-done job. We round out hour one next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. just had the breakdown from the Boston perspective ahead of the Celtics matchup in game number four against the Brooklyn Nets inside the Barclays Center tonight. Of course, Boston 
looking for a sweep. We round out hour number one now, hearing from you about this very game in just a few moments. This is the morning after on a Monday, right here on the grid, all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the question is simple. Will the brooms be broken out tonight inside the Barclays Center? That's a lot of Bs. It's Boston. It's Brooklyn. It's the Celtics and the Nets. We find out together right now and Fade the Public. So will the Celtics pull off the sweep of the Nets tonight? Three options for you in this Fade the Public poll, still ongoing and active at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, a great Twitter account where we're doing new and creative and exciting things. So here are the three options as laid out for the sweep tonight. Will Boston do it? Yes. Will they not do it? No. They won't do it, but they'll win in five. The public agrees with George Belecci from Nesson, who you just heard from. They agree with our producer, John Shames, although I'm not sure he's actually betting on Boston to get the sweep tonight. But the public, in a big way, nearly 63% saying this series is done. In four games tonight, inside the Barclays Center, the Boston Celtics pull off the sweep in the first round against the Brooklyn Nets. 19% and 19% for both no, but then no, but over in five games as well. A gentleman's sweep, perhaps, back inside TD Garden. That was plus 160. There's plus money to be had on the Celtics. Getting a point and a half tonight on the road against the Brooklyn Nets, who have a 15% cover percentage at home when booked as a home favorite or just plus 102 on that live updated money line on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's what Boston has at play tonight. A sweep potentially over the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the NBA playoffs in this year, 2022. Our number two of the morning after is up next here on SportsGrid. Following a SportsGrid news update from Alex Fasano, we look back on the weekend in Major League Baseball. Stay with us right here on The Grid in the morning after.